Welcome to the Illini Choir Podcast as we continue our position previews for Illinois football under 50 days until kickoff of the 2022 season, second year for Brett Bielma. And one of the big positives is what we're going to focus on now. We thought it was a huge positive last year and with everybody basically returning, uh, it should be a positive yet again. That is the running back crew. Chase Brown coming off a thousand yard season. Josh McCray with 500 yards last year as a true freshman. There's some depth. There's some talented incoming freshmen. And Joey Wagner, I think this is uh, a group that Illinois should feel pretty good about after finishing seventh in the Big Ten in rushing yards per game and having little help uh, from its passing attack last year. Yeah, to the surprise of nobody, Brett Bielema's got a pretty good running game as the head coach of a program. Like, that's just, we thought that was going to be the case, and part of me was like, oh, come on, this is a little cliche here, right? I mean, goodness gracious. But it is. I, I mean, this is... The, this is probably the most talented group. I know we'll get into that, Jeremy. They've got top-end talent. We think they've got depth. We know they have – it's not like this is going to be a year-to-year thing where they're like, yeah, maybe we'll run more this year. Maybe like the, it, it is a core belief of what they want to do and to establish, which means you're going to have output in an ideal world if you're Illinois. So, you yeah, man, this is what we thought it was going to be. Can you share your stat, your Bielema stat, that I find unbelievable? Uh, the, oh, the, one, the one season oh. of, of failure at Arkansas, I guess you'd call it. Um, but I know I feel bad like copy and pasting and using this every year, but it's, it's stupid. It, it's stupid. So in 13 years as a college football head coach, Brett Bielema has 13 running backs to have rushed for 1,000 or more yards, the most recent, Chase Brown, last year. And if Monty Ball had four more yards in 2010, that would be 15 backs who rushed for 1,000 yards in 13 years, including three that would have been on Wisconsin in that 2010 season. On four different occasions, Bielema has had two 1,000-yard rushers, and only in 2017, his final year at Arkansas, was he the coach of a team without a 1,000-yard rusher. That is amazing. Go look at the 1,000-yard rushers at Illinois, by the way. Like, that's a big deal, man. They've had, is it 10, 11 guys that have run for 1,000 yards? Um, they've had 14, season, 14 seasons, I think, of 1,000 yards. I think it's 10 guys uh, that have done it. So that is unbelievable. And it's just that 2010 year, you have John Clay, James White, both with 1,000 yards, Monty Ball with 996. Then you have Monty Ball with 1,900 the next year. Uh, and then this running back room in 2012 is last year at Wisconsin. Monty Ball, who was a Heisman candidate, finished second or third Heisman voting. James White, Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Just ridiculous. That's a play, man. That's a play. That's a play. All right. Joey, the simple question. We start we're doing the questions, about five or six questions for every position group to kind of get us ready uh, for each position group. Is this the strongest position on the team? Yes. Yes. I had to think about that, Jeremy, because if we were to take defensive backs as a whole, I would think a little bit more about that combining corners and safeties, but just, yeah. Yeah. I think it's running back. It's, it's, as I said, top end talent. It's interesting freshmen. It's, Hey, you could probably get by with these guys in a pinch and I know we'll get to that. Yeah, man. Top to bottom. I think this is the best room in the, on the roster. Yeah, I think I think um, safety might be the one, Joey. I, I think of if we're going like you know really intricate, maybe outside linebacker, um, because I feel like if one of those guys gets hurt, like if Seth Coleman got hurt, 
I think Alec Bryan or you know somebody else can come in and, and produce at safety. I'm not quite sure. You know, Sidney Brown, Quan Martin, and Kendall Smith. Maybe Prince Green can step in. Um, but at running back, like even if Chase Brown gets hurt, that's a huge blow. But I feel like you feel pretty good about if Josh McCray has to be the lead guy or if Aiden Lawfrey has to carry the ball or Reggie Love or Chase Hayden, could they step up? Like some of those guys have played, right, uh, at this level and have had at least a little bit of success. So, yeah, I do think this is the this is how you want every group to look on your team, right? Like if, if you have every group look like this, all of a sudden you're playing like Iowa and Wisconsin. You know, I, I, we're talking as we put together the top 10 most important Illini. And I had Chase Brown at four. And the whole time I'm typing this, I'm like, oh, this isn't very smart of me. Like, Chase Brown is the most productive player on the offense. And I'm like, how can he be at four? And I thought if he would have missed two or three games, which is possible, he was dinged up at times last year, you don't fall off a cliff. You fall off because Chase Brown's really, really good at football. But it's not like Brett Bielema and Barry Lunny would have to sit in there and Corey Patterson be like, oh, my God, we're screwed. Yeah. We're screwed. We don't, we don't have anyone else. Like that. That's exactly what you want is to have a fall off from your ones and twos, but not so much that you have to abandon the run game. It's been an issue at Illinois at every other position. It feels like right when you get to October, November, and everybody's getting hurt. That's where Illinois can really drop off compared to other teams. But at running back, even the last couple of years, right? Like we were expecting Mike Epstein. I mean, never counted on Mike Epstein the last couple of years, sadly, because of injuries, but Mike Epstein led the team in rushing against Nebraska, right? Not Chase Brown. And then Chase Brown turns into a thousand yard back. We knew he was capable of that. And then Josh McCray, who wasn't even traveling early in the season, all of a sudden becomes uh, one of the go-to guys at running back has a couple hundred yard games. Yeah. I, I was just going to ask you about Josh McCray. I know we'll get to him, but yeah. And think like Chase Brown, he was a thousand yard rusher, but he only had, I think it was 13 carries in the first three games. I mean, think of what that would be. I mean, he did he it in 10 games. And yeah, one of the games, I think he had five carries. Carry. He had 13 carries and 65 yards through the first three games of the season. What? Yeah. I mean, that's, he's really good. Kudos to you, Jeremy. He's been your guy since, <laughs> since the 2019 training camp where no one knew whether it was him or Sydney, uh, yeah. Sydney Brown, his, his twin brother. But man, dude, he, his season delivered in all the ways we thought it was going to after putting up 540 yards in that 2020 COVID season in eight games. Like he, dude, he really, really delivered 5.8 yards of carry or 5.9 yards of carry is no joke. Yeah. Uh, I do. I miss on evaluation just like everybody does. Like I thought Joriel Washington was a really good get. Like I thought Brody Wisecarver was a really good get. So you miss some every class, right? But can I do a victory lap on the Chase Brown? <laughs> can I do that? I mean, um, do you think your victory lap would catch your Nate Hobbs victory lap at any point or not? Uh, no, that, that one I'm, <laughs> I'm unabashed. Uh, always not bashful about doing that one. Uh, but when I watched his film, man, like I was like, why didn't Western Michigan play this guy more? Like, so I know people are like, why are, why is Illinois taking this kid that was a third stringer at Western Michigan? And I watched his film and I said, I mean, this was this was the group at the time. So he's faster and more versatile than Rayvon Bonner, quicker than Kenyon Sims, more physical and more powerful than Jakari Norwood and Kyron Cumbie, yet still has breakaway speed. In many cases, Chase Brown reminds me of current Illini running back and former in-state prospect Dre Brown due to his compelling mix of burst and strength. And I, I eventually say, I wouldn't be shocked if he's one of the Illini's top ball carriers in 2020 and beyond. Overall, adding Brown ensures the Illini will remain strong at running back. 
in terms of depth and playmakers. I was probably holding back a little bit there because I just saw on film that this guy's playing Michigan and Syracuse and, and tearing them up. He didn't have enough carries. And I'm remembering now, Joey, like early in the season, we're sitting there going, why isn't Chase Brown getting the ball more when he was playing? We find out he's nicked up, but they were still like, you got to feed that guy. He's obviously really good. So question number two, I'm going to skip the one with Lunny, uh, but we'll go question number two. Will Chase Brown top 1,000 yards again? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? What have we seen to think that he wouldn't? He put up 1,005 in 10 games. Like you assume that they're going to be a little more balanced, passing and running. But yeah, I mean, it's not like Barry Lunny has some issue with running the ball. He likes it as much as the next guy. Yeah, dude, 1,000 yards. Yeah, and I'll kind of combine. I, my question number two originally was supposed to be how will Lunny's system impact running backs. It's not going to negatively impact him, right? Because while we're talking about last podcast, like, oh, they got to throw more. Lunny was more balanced, all of that. Lunny ran Sincere McCormick 550 times the last two years. 550 rushes for one guy. And, of course, Frank Harris ran the ball a little bit. And we'll dive into, like, hey, how deep are they going to actually go in the running back room? I think we know they'll run two guys at least. Chase Brown's going to get the ball. The stud is going to be fed. So, assuming he's healthy, Joey, he's going to get 200 carries. He's one of the best backs in the Big Ten. Is he as good as the Ohio State guys? Is he as – I don't know about that because those guys are all five-star prospects and usually bigger than Chase. But Chase is tough to bring down. Uh, he's fast. Uh, I think he's getting more patient, which was really important for him. I'd like to see him more involved in the passing game. I think that's his next step is being a better blocker, being a better pass catcher. Um, but when it comes to running the ball, man, he's got all the tools. So it's about a lot of the little things. Corey Patterson told me that this spring. like Just the little things with him of becoming smarter, more intelligent, better blocker, all those things. Uh, but when it comes to a rusher, I think he's one of the best guys in, in the Big Ten. Now, there's a really good group in the Big Ten. But I think he if you put him on Michigan, I think he's putting up the numbers Blake Corum did, I mean, did last year, right? He's one of the top rushers in the Big Ten. So, yeah, I, I think as long as he's healthy, of course. But if he's if we're projecting he's healthy, uh, I think he's going to be, what, the third Illinois running back to ever rush for 1,000 yards two times in his career. Yeah, man, he's – and it's not like he's just a – like Reggie Corbin, as much as, as we like talking with him – Pass blocking wasn't really his thing. Like Chase Brown's just complete. He, he feels like a complete back. I would like to see him, and I know we'll get into Josh McCray, involved a little bit more in the passing game. I think there's there's ways to elevate there. But, man, he it feels like he's gone a little under the radar nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like in the Champaign area, to a larger degree, I guess, uh, around the state, like, people know like man this kid's pretty freaking good yeah and i think another thousand yard year is gonna deliver on that let's take this i'd probably take braylon allen at wisconsin over him i mean he was unbelievable late in the year yeah um travion henderson to ohio state like ohio state's probably got a couple backs but if we're getting into that the michigan group like blake Corum's really good but is is he better than chase brown i think they're similar right uh, after that, like, is there any guys you're taking? I mean, of course, there's going to be great recruits who could come in and take over, but there's not many more guys in the Big Ten I'd take over him. All right. I guess this is question number three slash four. Is Josh McCray also lead back caliber? Well, yeah, caliber, sure. I, I think so because I think 
one physically he's going to hold up to being a lead back he's a he's a large gentleman josh mccray uh and i think he's he, he's more than that too jeremy i, I think you people could see him and be like oh boy bulldozer three four yards fault like he's got some move to him he, he, he can move a little bit he's got more get up than, than he probably gets credit for i think he's really good out of the backfield i, I would love to see more of that yeah man i i think He's a year away from being that lead back. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that we'll see Chase Brown at, at Illinois in 2023. But, yeah, I, I, so I, I think that's right. I would say there were three great games for Josh McCray, right? Against Maryland, he had eight rushes for 60 yards and a touchdown, and then a 40-yard catch, right? Then the next week against Purdue, he runs for 156 yards on 24 carries. Uh, then he's quiet. At Charlotte, he had a solid game, 64 yards, so that's a good game. That was like Chase Brown is going absolutely berserk. It's malpractice to not give him the ball. But Penn State, 142 rushing yards, right? And then we got to remember, Josh McCray didn't do much after that. Like, he he was sick at one point. It didn't seem like it was COVID, but it seemed like it was lingering for a while. Uh, But he had 25 carries for 73 yards over the last four games. So that that was interesting, right? Like, we saw all of this, but Chase Brown was going crazy at the end of the year, so he had to get the touches. But it was just he had an interesting year, like in totality, great year. Had two monster games, couple good games, and but then there were games he didn't uh, improve, uh, do much. But I would imagine he's going to get like ten carries, right, fifteen carries, and then some games if Chase is not going so well, Josh McCray's better. Like I think Josh McCray's probably a better receiver. I, th- I think he can be. Um, as you said, I think he's got wiggle. I don't think he's fast, but I think he's got wiggle. I think he's a little bit more elusive, and I do think he's got good hands out of the backfield. Um, so I, I think he's going to be – who was the kid last year at Wisconsin? Ches Malusi. All of a sudden, at the end of the year, he had like 750 yards. It was a nice compliment to, to Braylon, Ed, Braylon Allen. I think Josh McCray can certainly be that. He's just a change of pace. He's, you know, Chase Brown kills you in so many different ways, but then Josh McCray comes in and, and beats you a different way. I think it's, I think it's really difficult to handle. So I can see him going for 600, 700 yards this year. If, if Chase Brown gets hurt, Josh McCray is all of a sudden getting 20 carries a game. He could be a guy who gets north of that. Yeah. Again, I think his biggest production is the 2023 season. I mean, I think that's when he's really going to have that chance to be the lead guy. But if you, dude, if your second running back is putting up 550 or 600 yards over the course of a season, probably pretty happy with that. And we are, his season was weird, Jeremy. That illness at the end, it's just kind of like you thought it was, he came in, but he wasn't really himself. And but yeah, that's kind of a, a lingering thing that really derailed that whole back end. Like after Penn State, when he was excellent, you, you didn't see a lot uh, out of him. And to your point, yeah, Chase was Chase Brown was really freaking good. Uh, but 15, 10, 15 carries for him, he's going to put up numbers. It's, maybe there'll be a game. Maybe there will be that game, that Penn State, that Purdue game where he just takes over. But I think he could be that guy, to your point, you look down at the end of the year, it's like, Oh dang! Like he's a sophomore. We're talking about a guy who was a freshman who we didn't even think Jeremy was going to be in the top four going into training camp. Yeah, I didn't do this completely. I wanted to look up like his Sports Reference only goes back to like '93 or something like that or 2000. I was trying to look for the most rushing yards by an Illini freshman. He's one of the top three, I believe. Um, uh, there's not many Illini freshmen who've run for more yards. 
than he did. So uh, that that's a heck of a start to a career. And as Tony Peterson told us last year, like they didn't think he could play week one. And then all of a sudden he just took a huge leap in practice, settled in, and obviously showed up when, when the lights were on. Um, all right, which freshman is more likely to carve out a role? People are excited about the two in-state gets, really good recruiting wins for Illinois. Aiden Lawfrey, who chose Illinois over Iowa, and Jordan Anderson, who just put up monster numbers on the way to a, a state championship. Yeah, probably Aiden Lawfrey, because I feel like Jordan Anderson and Josh McCray have a lot of uh, overlap, I guess, skill-wise. Yeah, Jordan Anderson can catch the ball, too, by the way. I, I mean, so physically, you look at him, you're like, oh, yeah, those two power guys, some wiggle, not breakaway speed, but enough get up to pick you a chunk. And they can catch the ball out of the backfield. So there's just too much overlap right there for me to say Jordan Anderson, where you look at Odin Lawfrey, who physically looks good. Like we saw him, Jeremy, at a camp, and this kid is – he's put on some muscle. He's still very, very fast. Like that's the thing. We, we saw last year – I know it's a different coordinator that Tony Peterson tried to get those home run hits, uh, I guess maybe would be the best way to call him, or change of pace with Jakari Norwood. Like, if Barry Lonnie wants to go that route, Aiden Lawfrey's the guy because he's very fast. He's He looks like he could – he wouldn't fall apart if he got hit, and he's put on some muscle. And you got to keep him healthy. That's a big thing for him. But he, he just has that. He has that curveball or fastball, I suppose, where he, he could go out there and, and kind of be that change of – really, really change of pace guy. Yeah, I think it would take an injury for either of these guys to be like – 70 100 yard 100 carry guys right like, i think it's gonna yeah. take an injury for that to happen um i think aiden lawfrey's the answer here just because he is so different uh than these other guys he's a speed threat right he's got power behind him as well but he's just a, a speed threat that can give a change of pace i think you could play him with mccray or, or with um brown if you want to go two guys in the backfield run a wheel route run a flat route just maybe you get him involved in different ways plus i think he'd be a kick returner potentially for you uh and he's kind of had some soft tissue injuries in his career that's that's worth mentioning and watching um jordan anderson also though man like i think he belongs i think he belongs in the big 10 i think he's so different that they might find a way to get him on the field it's just they got two guys that are pretty good in front of them and i want to mention this joey are we overlooking reggie love um are we overlooking I don't know if we're overlooking chase hayden because he didn't do much in his first year didn't produce and then got some, some injuries uh, but Reggie Love still has a skill set that really intrigues me. He's had some injuries, but he's he's how you want him built. He's got wiggle. He's got some power to him. Uh, he's just had some setbacks, and then he's had guys play better in, in front of him. So I don't I don't want to not mention those guys. And Nick Fadonzo had a, had a pretty good spring camp, from what we understand. Yeah, the thing with Jordan Anderson, real quick, that interests me, Jeremy, and I've gotten a little pushback on this from various people is. Could he get on the field early in a, just a different role, an, an H-back role or, or something in a different way that isn't lining up at tailback? The possibility intrigues me if you if you want to try to do that for four games and preserve a red shirt if that's how this were to fall out. Uh, so I, I think he could do that. In a way, I think Aiden Lawfrey could line up in a couple different places and get him the ball where he can get in space too. Uh, but to the point about Reggie Love and Chase Hayden, DJ Love, I mean, he was the third leading runner on the team last year because there were some injuries and, and just missed snaps for Josh McCray and, and for Chase Brown. 
Uh, he does intrigue me. I think you and I really thought he could he could have a nice role in this offense last year, going into last year. He just feels like a Bielema running back, doesn't he? Yeah. In that way. So I don't think it's like shut the door on, on Reggie Love. There's guys in front of him. I mean, there's, you guys, if you're taking Chase Brown or Josh McCray off the field, you better have a pretty freaking good reason for it because those guys are they, – they can produce. So in the – Overlooking them maybe in that sense, but depth-wise, no. Like that's that's good depth, dude. That's what we're talking about when we talk about the top end guys, the intriguing freshmen. Like you, you kind of look at like top end guys and the freshmen. What are they? Then like that middle. Like I think yeah. you've got to feel some level of confidence. Maybe not, you know, dance through the streets confidence, and that like your middle guys can go in there and pick you up four yards, five yards if you need. If you need that to happen, I think that's where the role ultimately is for uh, Reggie Love and for Chase Hayden. Yeah, I thought Reggie just looked like he was uh, indecisive last year as a runner. Uh, I didn't think he was very good as a blocker. And those are just mental things. And then he got some injuries. He was nicked up, nicked up in the spring as well. So uh, those are a little bit setbacks. I think the talent's there. I, I think the talent's there to be a solid Big Ten running back. All right, let's wrap this up with the final question, Joey. Illinois ranked seventh in the Big Ten in rushing offense last season. Will they finish higher or lower than that this season? Oh, man. Push, push. Seven feels right because I think in an ideal world for Illinois, they pass the ball better. And if you pass the ball better, you, you probably – like balance is, is good. <laughs> That's not a hot take. Balance on offense is good. I'll just push it seven. Like I could see a standard deviation of one either way. Like I, I think that six to eight range feels like well, you're going to see Illinois and there's going to be boons. There's going to be seasons where it's like, Oh my God, they're running like crazy because you've seen that with Brett Bielema. But like that feels like a fair range until we see on the field. Otherwise. I think it's probably dependent on things outside their control. Right, I think it should be as good, if not better, of a running attack because Chase Brown and Josh McCray and Reggie, they should all be better, right? You, you feel like they should all improve. Um, but is it dependent on an offensive line that lost two really key starters who got drafted in the NFL? Yeah. Right. Is it dependent on a passing attack to, to soften things up? Because if the passing attack even has better stats, Joey, like the running game could still have better stats because it's softened up and all of a sudden they're playing off each other and it's just everything's better and you're gaining 400 yards, 450 yards a game rather than 350 and 200 of it is on the ground or 300 uh, and, and only getting 100 through the air. Uh, sometimes that was a good game for Illinois passing attack last year, right? Like I'm, I'm going to go a little higher. Like, I, I think it can be better. I, I, I would say if Chase Brown's healthy, it can improve. Uh, but I think it's dependent on the offensive line not taking a step back, which I think is still a question, and on the passing attack improving, which as we talked about in our, our quarterback podcast, I think is still a question. But uh, Barry Lonnie's going to still run the ball. As I said, McCormick ran for, what, 3,000 yards himself the last couple of years. Then, you know, Frank Harris, the quarterback, was involved. They had a couple running backs. He usually only went too deep mostly, but would play a third guy. Uh, and I think Illinois' top, you know, three, four guys are, are pretty good. So uh, I, I still think a Brett Bielma offense, a Brett Bielma team, Joey, I'd be surprised if they were one of the bottom four, five, six rushing attacks in the Big Ten. No, I don't see that. I, I mean, I don't. Eight would probably be my four. Like, if that's, Brett Bielema still believes in running the football, so does Barry Lonnie. If they're eighth, I, 
something's probably there's probably been a wrong turn somewhere injury wise in the season but like that to me is like i don't think in 2024 you're gonna look back illinois was ninth in the big 10 or it's going no dude like that that's eighth and off feels where they belong i mean the ceiling joey of this could be rod smith's 2018 right they don't have the quarterback that's going to run for that but i think they have the running backs that can be a top four rushing attack in the Big Ten, where you could have two guys run for a like it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. I'm not projecting it, where you had two guys run for a thousand yards, or Chase Brown have a 13, 1400 yard season. Like I think it, this should be something you can bank on on a team and a program that you don't have a lot of things you can bank on. I think the rushing attack and the running backs are something you can bank on. Great. Also, pull one out for the 2018. That's a crap offense. I think they couldn't really throw at all in any capacity. Uh, but watching AJ Bush and Reggie Corbin do the thing was pretty fun to watch, dude. That was that was fun until it was like. Remember, Rod Smith had a very good approval rating after that 2018 season because he was averaging 30 <laughs> points a game. They were number two in the Big Ten in rushing. Uh, Hardy Nickerson couldn't stop anybody. Right, offense wasn't really the problem. Like AJ Bush against Nebraska uh, was entertaining. Against Maryland was entertaining, but yeah, they were giving up 80 yard rushes the other way. Like Reggie Corbin ran yeah, for 1,084, five yards. A.J. Bush ran for 733. Epstein, 411. Rayvon Bonner, 395 that year. He's fun, dude. That was a fun – again, it wasn't as much fun when it was a third and seven pass. I was ultimately going to bring, bring Blake Hayes back out to punt. But it was – when they were running like that, dude, that was – that was a fun offense in, in most ways. Should I have done this um, – all right, we always got to take into account sacks. Will Tommy DeVito, all right, this is kind of going back to the quarterback, but it's in the running game. Will Tommy DeVito have positive rushing yards this year? So will he run for more yards than he loses with sacks? I hate that about college that they credit. Yeah. They got to find the way to put the negative yards on the quarterback rushing. Like last year, believe it or not, Art Sikowski had 31 rushing yards. Positive. Brandon Peters ended up with zero. <laughs> All right. So over under Tommy DeVito rushing guards at the end of the year, 50, 50.5. Oh God. Well, I mean, that 2019, he had, a, he had 112 in his, no, he did not. Hold on. Yeah, the college numbers. It's always like, do I, did they, did they take into account the, the yards lost on, and those are yeah not. those suck i hate that um so he ran uh, for 90 uh, last year for syracuse he ran for 23 the year before he ran for 122 yeah so should yeah, i set at 100 should i set at 99 and a half for tommy devito like i think he's gonna no, run oh the god, ball no. i would take oh god narrowly take the over i'm hammering the 49 over. and a half because I do have like pass protection on the offensive line. That's with Fidarian Lowe last year. That, that was maybe a little sketchy at times. You really need someone like Alex Palcheski to 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 be a better pass blocker. You need to get make sure your two junior college guys can pass block. So this is gonna be sacks. I'll narrowly take the over. I'm not gonna hammer it like you, Jeremy. Like if Tommy DeVito hammer. If Tommy DeVito has like 65 or 70 yards. Total like that's factoring in sacks, which I'm with you is stupid. It's pretty solid. It means he was effective on the ground. He was not an oak tree. 
As somebody who, yeah, we're going to tweet that way too much this year because I think he's going to run. I think he's going to have the rollouts. Like, it was one thing I wanted them to do so much with Brandon Peters, like, is run him a little bit more, get him on the move. He always seemed more comfortable, confident doing that. And it just allowed him, gave him another option rather than taking a sack, right? Or, or throwing it somewhere where he shouldn't. Um, so I think, I think Brandon Peters should have ran for more yards when he was here. Uh, but even Brandon had some games like last year against, Rutgers, Minnesota, Northwestern had twenty plus. I think Devito's a better athlete, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. Yeah, I, yeah, okay, that's fine. I speaking of Brandon Peters rushing, it's gonna be weird for the first time in not three years to in three years to not be like, oh my god, a court, the quarterback's diving headfirst again. <laughs> There's a lot where like Brandon just just slide, dude. Got a just, concussion just history, man. I'm just thinking about you, okay. Uh, maybe Tommy DeVito's the same way. I, I don't know. Hopefully, Mr. Baseball, Barry Lunny, is working on his quarterback sliding into second for a first down where he doesn't get he doesn't get touched. All right, so we don't get to see much of practice. We do see quarterbacks. Any. Yeah, basically any. We do see quarterbacks practicing pitches, okay? So we can at least say that. That is in the repertoire. So that's a good thing that I'm saying that, by the way, because now opponents, you have to be ready for that. So... I don't think they're going to run that a lot. I don't think it's going to be A.J. Bush or Juice Williams or something like that. But I think it's going to be in the repertoire. So I'm, I'm interested to see that. All right. I think we covered it for running backs. We'll do uh, wide receivers, tight ends, offensive line as we get uh, going through the rest of this position previews. And, of course, we'll get to defense. But getting you prepared. Hopefully you're enjoying these. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.